You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Critical Mass Business Talk Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This is Orange County's longest running business talk show. And boy, do we have a good show planned for you today. Why do you ask? Because our guest is Peggy Knopf. She's the founder, an entrepreneur, and her company is Primary Pacific Properties. Peggy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to have you since we first had the opportunity to get to know each other. So let's talk about this new venture. What is your motivation to start your own firm in the real estate industry? So I would say that, you know, I've been a part of some brokerages that are excellent brokerages, but I, my background was in the corporate world. And so being a part of these brokers, I kind of noticed there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of great structure for agents. Um, you pretty much, you know, get your license and then you go and work for a broker and that's it. You know, they, they may throw some marketing stuff at you. And um, I've always thought that I wanted to, um, you know, try to achieve more and more and more. So being a part of these brokerages, it just didn't have the structure that I had seen that worked so well in the corporate world. Um, so after I, you know, got my experience and kind of figured out exactly what I needed to do, it was time. It was time for me to, to get out on my own and do my own thing. So did you ask for people's opinions or advice or let me just say it this way. How did people respond, Peggy, when you told them you were going to start your own brokerage firm? Their initial reaction is, of course you are. <laughs> because I've always, I've always been very self-motivated. Um, I, I, you know, I really didn't ask a lot of people you know, what they thought. It was more, okay, this is really the next step for me. This, this is exactly where the opportunity came up and it was, it was time for me to make that step. So in the four to five months since you've launched, what have you learned? Have there been any pivots to what you originally thought? Sometimes you learn best when you do what you plan on doing. So I'm just wondering if there were any minor or major pivots in your recent past. I think the the main thing, there are a couple things I've learned. Um, first is it's a much slower process to get to where I want to be than I had expected. You know, I was hoping to launch day one and all of a sudden I've got 10 employees and, and here we go. And it's really, it's really not like that. Um, the, in learning that I've learned processes and systems are absolutely key. So, you know, I have to have those uh, in place and um, strong processes and systems in order to build. So without that base, it just, you know, I don't, I don't see how anyone, how an entrepreneur could be successful without having those things in place. Interesting. So let, let's talk about your vision for the firm, maybe the current state of it and any specific areas of focus or niches that you're planning on developing or have developed within the firm? So, you know, I would say I, I pride myself on wanting to create an environment where agents want to be because, you know, it, in this world, agents tend to hop from one broker to the next, the next, which truly I, I did as well. Um, they'll hire agents into their firm because they want 
the revenue. They don't really, these large brokers don't necessarily care about the quality of service the agent is providing or the experience level that they have. So actually great statistic. A person wanting to become an agent must complete 135 hours of required training and education to get their license. And that qualifies them to handle one of the largest financial transactions of someone's life. So to put this in perspective, to become a manicurist, someone that can do my nails, you need over 500 hours of training. So I wanna hire agents who are experienced and have proven that they provide a higher level of service to clients. Um, you know, additionally, we have an extensive network of professionals and trusted advisors. So I have resources for almost anything a client could need. And that's even for, you know, needs that are after we close escrow. And I, I guess lastly, I think of it as, you know, luxury is a price point, sorry, is not a price point, but a service level. And that's where I want, you know, the culture of um, my firm to, to really embrace. So you called your firm Primary Pacific Properties. Uh, I like the alliteration. What, is there a story behind the name? Not Part of it was just trying to figure out, you know, what hasn't already been taken. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I primarily work on um, the Pacific uh, and coastal areas of Orange County. So it kind of developed into, into that. Initially, before I came up with that, I was Coastal Homes by Peggy. Mm -hmm. But the Coastal Homes was kind of taken. And so I, and I also wanted to create something that down the road I could, you know, somebody could take this firm and if I decide to sell it or step back, they can then take it over and it's not, you know, something, something by Peggy. That is one of the opportunities for entrepreneurs is to create a business that outlasts you in the business, right. which you, which you can't get working for somebody else. So a couple questions about your industry and your firm in, in particular as well, if you don't mind, Peggy. Yep. Um, let's talk about the Orange County housing market. Is this a, it must be a good market for you to decide to go all in and create a, a firm, but it's in the space. But how is it relative to our sister counties around us? You, you know, just generally speaking, um, is this a good housing market? Not from appreciation perspective, but just from the business of buying and selling homes and being a professional in this space. I am a big believer that um, property in Orange County is always a good investment because it is always going to be a desirable place to live. Um, as far as kind of what's happening in the market, we have been in this hot sizzling seller's market where you'd put a property on the market on Friday, you'd say offers due Monday and you'd have 10 to 20 offers. And so we're starting to really see that cool down. Um, and what I see there is actually a better opportunity for buyers. You know, buyers were getting beat up in, in, the last two years. Um, and so, you know, now it's, it's just a better opportunity for them. Do you see in your firm? So explain to me the structure of your industry. Frankly, I'm, I'm, I'd like to learn it, when you offer the opportunity for agents to join your company, are they becoming employees? Are they contractors? How does that relationship exist? So they are uh, contractors. They would be 1099. Um, but, you know, something that I really uh, is important to me is bringing them into a culture where they feel supported and that there's a path for growth for them. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to hire 
uh, agents that, again, want to just jump from one broker to the next because they're getting a better percentage or, you know, something looks shinier at that at that broker. Um, I really want to create the environment where, again, they feel supported. They know I have their back and I'm trying to help them grow. You know, I think the best thing you can do for an employee is try to replace myself. So if I can, you know, teach them and nurture them and provide learning for them so that they can then take over my job, that's a great thing. So help me to understand when a broker joins your firm, what services back office, having purchased homes in my life, I'm amazed at the amount of paperwork that's involved and the, the amount of forms that you have to have ready. So it just feels like to me, it's just a tremendous amount of, of making sure you have everything you need so the transaction goes smoothly. But what, what is it that your firm provides to the broker, to the agent who comes in and works with you? Systems and processes. And again, you know, I, I highlighted that in the beginning and I, I stick to that because, you know, you bring someone in, if, if I don't have the systems in place or the processes to teach them, they're going to be lost. So, um, you know, that, and then I would just say being a mentor to these folks for the, for the ones that need a little bit more mentorship, or, you know, maybe they um, have, they'd like to start their, their own kind of niche, Hmm. you know, helping them do that. So. So you've been in the residential real estate market for a while, as you mentioned earlier, having worked for some recognized brands in this industry. I'm, I'm wondering have you come up with a secret sauce or the things that a successful real estate agent needs to have or do to be able to create a career within this industry? So it's funny because when I went into this industry, it, it was like, you know, throwing me to the wolves. I, there's no playbook on how to be successful as an agent. You know, and believe me, I got a call from a million different people that said, do this, do this, do this. And it's <laughs> like you throw spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. Um, so, you know, now that I've been doing this for so long, I think there are absolutely things that I would, you know, tell an agent, here's what you need to do specifically to be successful. Um, I think one of the most important things is knowing your market. You know, my, my background was marketing and data was key to making decisions. And so I'm very well versed on what's happening in the market at all times. I actually subscribe to a local Orange County housing analyst um, and I follow his reports, you know, in great detail. And I share those with my clients because, you know, I can tell someone, well, the market's slowing down. But if I have data to back that up and then we're having a conversation about, well, maybe because of that, we should lower the price or, you know, put it on at a certain price. It just it helps my clients make decisions, you know, because they have the data. As you said earlier, you know, with the 135 required hours of training versus maybe some other professions, it is, uh, I admire people in your field because you are really working, when you're working with the seller, you're really working with people who are sort of emotionally attached to the property, depending on how long they've lived there. It's it's a home, not just a residence kind of a thing. And then also it's a big asset that right. helping them to understand pricing and the market. And that, like you said, the past two years have been so anomalous that I would think it's a bit of your job is expectation management for sellers in the current environment they're in. 
Absolutely. So expectation management is key. Um, and I think by managing their expectations, and again, I do this with a lot of data as well, um, and feedback from open houses and all of this, um, it helps them stay away from the highs and lows. Because as you mentioned, you know, selling or buying a home is really emotional. And um, as much as I'm a real estate agent, I'm also a really good therapist for these people <laughs> you know, with, with the highs and lows. It's like, it's just, um, it's a tough journey and they are not used to this because you don't sell a home every month, right? Mm -hmm. I'm used to it because I do. So it's, it's a little easier for me to, to help guide them. So do you have a, uh, a preference on which side of the transaction as an agent you have enjoyed or you sort of feel you, you, you know, most comfortable? Is it the buying side or is it the seller side? Which, which side of the equation do you have a preference for, if either? So, you know, it's interesting. The sell side is actually a little bit, I want to say, easier. It's more work up front. But then once it's on the market, it's all about marketing and open houses and making sure, you know, we're getting in front of as many buyers as we can. Um, so you're, it's a lot of work up front. The buy side is more, it's a little more laborious because, you know, you're going and showing all these homes and, and whether or not it's working out, it could be months before they find mm. something. But interestingly, the buy side is a little bit more emotional for people from a, from a, a happy emotion. You know, once a, when a buyer closes escrow, it's like the, the, they're so excited. You know, when a seller closes escrow, it's almost like relief. Oh, okay, that's, <laughs> you know, when a buyer, it, it's it's just a totally different ex excited emotion. So they're, they're both great for different reasons. It is such a personal relationship. And when you said therapist earlier, Peggy, I think you're right, because generally speaking, you're probably dealing with one, at least one person, if not maybe two. And then if they have a family, there's kids that are involved. Everybody has an opinion. It's... Um, it's probably a lot of that therapy to help people navigate the system and get through the process and then end up happy with the transaction once it closes. Right. And again, you know, this is something that they aren't used to. So it, it, it creates even more emotion because it's like, oh, I've never dealt with this before, you know, or it's been 25 years since I dealt with this. And, you know, I deal with it on a daily basis so I can really help them understand, hey, these things that are happening right now, they're not uncommon, you know, kind of help again, set their expectations. So speaking of changes in the market, interest rates have been in the news a lot recently, you know, here in, in this year, at least. So in your professional opinion, what has been the impact of these rate changes on the housing real estate market in Orange County? So a lot of people see, oh my gosh, rates are up. This is doom and gloom. And, and really, when you look at it from a historical perspective, rates are still very, very low. Um, you know, I don't, I, I advise people don't freak out about the rate. I always say date the rate, marry the house, um, you know, and, and just getting into uh, a property, you know, if you have the long-term uh, goal, it, you're going to be okay, you know, um, but what I think that what we're seeing with this, the rate rise, the rise in rates, um, is that it's we're, we're slowly coming down from this hot, hot seller's market. And we're kind of evening out now. Um, and I think that, you know, the analyst that I follow is predicting that, you know, maybe by year's end or beginning of next year, it may become a buyer's market. And how they define that is 
the number of days on market that a, a home sits before it goes into escrow. Um, so, you know, again, I think it's a good opportunity for buyers because they aren't competing against, you know, the 20 other offers that we were seeing back in you know, the last two years. Yeah, that's so true. To, to hear you say it might become a buyer's market almost seems fantastic in some ways because we've been conditioned that it's been such a seller's market for recent memory. And for the younger generations who maybe are just getting into the housing market, that's sort of what they've known. I've been in the market here in Orange County since 1988. I've seen both sides of it when the buyer was in control and when the seller was in control. And it just ebbs and flows. And it's not always interest rate driven. It's economy recovery. There's a lot going on that influences that, isn't there? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm wondering where you go now as an entrepreneur and a business owner to get insights and experiences from other peer entrepreneurs that are helping you to stay ahead of your competition and to grow the kind of business that you envision. So I'm a big networker. I, I think networking is so important and, and not just for me and my business, but for my clients. You know, I mean, that's why I say one of the things I, I love is being able to tell my client, oh, you need, you know, a trust attorney to, to put your home in a trust. I have that. Um, so I am part of a couple of networking groups that really have some excellent um, entrepreneurs in there. And um, I, I really speak to them about um, you know, what their experiences have been, what were some pitfalls that they found, what are some of the wins that they've had. Um, but yeah, so for me, it's really just about kind of picking their brains um, in these networking groups. I know that you're an active member in Provisors, which is a very strong group, like what you just discussed. I'm sure you get a lot of value from that organization. I love Provisors. Um, and, you know, it just talk about a group that is intellectually stimulating, engaging, articulate, educated, you know, it's, it's a really fun group to be a part of um, just, you know, for, for my, not just for networking for me, but even for my own stimulation, it's really, it's really a great group. Right. Uh, and thank you for kind of sharing your experience there. Uh, let's look towards tomorrow. I love having you entrepreneurs on the program because you always have a big, bright vision for the future and it inspires me to hear your story. So let's just talk a little bit about what you see the vision for your future being, Peggy. So, you know, right now I'm, I'm small. Um, my goal is to grow. I don't need to be or want to be this, you know, incredibly huge brokerage like a Berkshire Hathaway. Um, but I, I, I would love, my vision is to maybe hire maybe 20 agents and again, help them succeed and reach their business goals. Um, and then while building my own business, obviously, and then down the road, I would love to have the opportunity. The whole reason for creating my own business is that down the road, I have this business that either, you know, the agents that have been working with me can kind of take over and I can step back and be a silent partner or I end up selling it depending on, you know, what, what, where my life is at that point. As we said earlier in the program, that's, that's, that's sort of the salve on the challenges of starting a business and being an entrepreneur. Cause in the early years of building your business, it's a lot of effort on the part of the entrepreneur to make it a success. And you're living that right now. And I'm very happy that you were willing to be a, a guest on our program. If someone would like to connect with you, or learn more about your firm, where do you suggest they go, Peggy? So on LinkedIn, you can find me at 
Um, just search my name, Peggy Noft. Just know how to spell the last name. It's not easy. Um, it's K-N-A-U-F as in Frank, T as in Tom. Um, or, uh, you know, you can look up primarypacificproperties.com. That's my website. Excellent. Well, I've enjoyed getting to know you and having the opportunity to learn a little bit more about your business and, and your experience. So I want to thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. I really have enjoyed uh, being here with you. And I'd like to thank our audience. You know, you're a part of Orange County's longest running business talk show. Peggy's episode was episode number 1,376 in our catalog. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you're an Orange County entrepreneur and you have a story to tell, and if you're an Orange County entrepreneur, I know you have a story to tell, then reach out to me. You can either find me on LinkedIn or my website. Both are Rick, R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. We can have a conversation. And just like Peggy, maybe you can be on a future episode of our program. You know, until the next time we have a chance to be together, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. Mm -hmm.